2: Time to fire up the grill.
3: Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with
0: those burgers.
2: Ooh, I love their beer cooler.
0: (laughs) You love their prices even more.
3: Wondrous
2: selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
3: Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball.
2: Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever
3: someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never
1: got to use it, because we would only hit home runs. Annoying.
2: The phrase is from GEICO, because they help save people money? GEICO?
4: Yeah, they were our team sponsor.
2: GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: Bang, bang, indeed. It's Monday night, and the Suarez storage axis of attack are firing from the hips, having shot down Chaz Adam and the Stoke Yard Dogs of War. Confusion reigns. Are we happy or are we worried, partners? Let's hit the saloon and see what's going down with the day trippers. On tonight's show we're joined by Mark Simpson to review the Bananas Goal Fest at the Britannia yesterday. We move on to our central midfield pairings in our worst all-time 11 feature. We talk to Jonathan Wilson about his new book in the show which was in Dublin last night. We look ahead to the return of Aston Villa next Saturday which affords the Redmen a chance to atone for the poorest performance of last campaign. And we conclude proceeding to another cornucopia of listeners' questions delights. So Five Times are bringing over Didi Haman and Jamie Carragher. We'll be there and we'll be offering you the chance to be there too with a competition for some tickets to the event. Now, Mark is on here to give us more information on this very subject and to tell us what we have to give away to some lucky listeners. Mark?
2: Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, uh, Five Times uh, is headed up by Jan Mulby. It's the LSC Formers Players Association. Uh, it's been going for a, a few years now and it was just created to bridge the gap between the club and the fans. Uh, all the work they do is to raise money for charity and they've done lots of events uh, already. They were in uh, South Africa in November uh, playing a, a football game um, over there against the Kaiser Chiefs, not the band. Uh, and they, um, it was a sellout crowd, did well there in Dublin last year um, and it, it was like, a really quality event. Next month. Um, in February uh, Jamie Carragher uh, and Didi Harman are going to be appearing in Dublin um, it's going to be probably the only time that you'll get to see Jamie Carragher doing an event like this he's got no plans to do anymore he, he just wanted to come over and uh, say thank you to the Irish fans that have supported him over the years so uh, if you haven't got a ticket um, there's 150 left Um Anybody who wants to get one, um, what I'm going to be doing, if you go to my Twitter account, which is at Mr. Mark Simpson, I'm going to be tweeting out links on how to get one. Um, if you've got any questions, just get me on email, marksimpson at five times dot co. And, um, and, yeah, like it really is limited seating left. It's pretty much a sellout. We're literally getting rid of the last 100, 150 now. And it's, like I say, Didi Harman, Jamie Carragher talking about Istanbul, asking, answering questions. Um, it's it's going to be a pretty special night. We do actually have two tickets to give away. Um, and it's going to be a, a sort of Twitter competition. And uh, again, if if uh, if I lose or confuse anybody, uh, just get me on Twitter afterwards and I'll, I'll tweet out. And I'm sure you guys will, will tweet yeah, out as well. Absolutely, the rules. But yeah. The rules are number one, uh, follow at five times co. Number two, make sure you're following the day trippers. Uh, and then what you've got to do is send a tweet out, uh, mentioning, obviously, five times, mentioning the day trippers. And have the hashtag, which is really important, Cara Day Trip. So C-A-R-R-A. D a y t r i p. Put it in a tweet, send it off, uh, and then I, I'm, I'm sure that we will draw one name uh, out of the hat, and uh, you'll be given plenty of um, plenty of notice. It's just tickets. We're not going to pay for transport or out. So uh, ideally, you know, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's it's if you're close to Dublin, the, the better. But um, yeah, like I say, it's going to be um, you know a, a really good night. And if anything, like last year, I mean, last year uh, the guys in Dublin had John Barnes rapping. Uh, they all they, they all sang up and uh got up and sang "You'll Never Walk Alone." So wow. uh, it was it was a pretty special night. And um, yeah, I know I know you boys are heading over. Hopefully, I'll be able to uh, get over as, as well. that be uh, we'll be, be able to have uh, some drinks and a good catch up. And it's just a good chance for Liverpool fans to talk about Liverpool. Uh, you know, and, uh, and not talk about
0: Liverpool on, on Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for a change. That sounds yeah, I mean, fantastic, Mark, and thanks, uh, thanks again for joining us this evening on that. But let's begin our discussion tonight by speaking about the worst central midfield players that we've seen in red. as we move on with our worst all-time 11s. So then, day-trippers, who would be your mankiest midfielders? We'll start with our guest uh, on the line tonight, Mark Simpson. Mark, who would you go for?
2: So there's a lot to choose from, oh, yes. uh, but I've uh, I've gone for Salif Jawad Diouadoulié signing. Um, it, it, it was it was dubbed as the new Vieira after uh, I, I don't know if you remember his his 2002 World Cup showing. Yeah, you uh, can forget it. Yeah, Hulier signed him and but then played him every other position apart from defensive midfielder. Hmm. Uh, he played him centre back, full backs, but um, he uh, I, I don't know if you remember, but he was actually in the Istanbul uh, squad photos when we were lifting up the, uh, the trophy there. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was one of the players who was milking it but never actually got on, on the subs bench. But I think, I think it, it was that shocking. It was so slow and just didn't get it at all. I think Rafa just, just got, got rid as soon as possible. But mm. the one thing that stands out for me about why he makes it in my all-time worst eleven is, is his back heel. Against Fulham in, in 2005, <laughs> which led to uh, a Fulham goal, he was shortly binned straight after. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and you know I, I fought long and hard, and like I say, there was a lot of contenders, but Salif Diao he, he gets my he gets my place in the team.
0: Brilliant. And are you going to stick with one uh, yourself, or had you had you an idea for a partnership?
2: I've got a partner, and it's a a bit of an old-school shout, and it's another Houllier sign, and it was his first ever sign, it was Jean-Michel Ferry, Um, just because because of the headline that came with it, Ferry across the Mersey, it was awful.
0: (laughs) You know what, you don't have to say anything more, that's perfect. Thanks a lot, Mark, for getting us started here. Damien Flood, who would you go for in the middle as a pairing?
3: Um, just just before I start, I just want to say that's a lovely beard you're, cu- you're, you're, you're cultivating lady. there. Yeah, we haven't seen you for like what two weeks at this stage. My beard
0: is gone. He got a beard. I know. In. Yeah,
3: he's had to grow a beard in two yeah, weeks. That's a impressive.
1: that's go good Nice one, buddy. Go ahead. Um, the, the two I've gone for. Uh, the fourth one is Jimmy Carter. Um, Phil Is it's Jimmy Carter. Um Jimmy Carter, right, okay. He he was Dagalisha's one of his last signings and yeah. said he lasted about six weeks, seven games. Uh I've gone from for the fact that he, he he looked like an action man, but without the action. <laughs> um, he he has like, I think Sionas bought that guy, Ali Dea yeah. and famously put him on and took him back off he'd done the same with Jimmy Carter for Liverpool yeah. so he's in there for starters and then there's Igor Biscan that had a force touch like a snooker type of cushion it's <laughs> just ridiculous Oh so but Igor, Igor on the run to the, to,
0: the, in, 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 to the Champions League final no? No Nothing No Okay <laughs> <laughs> Nothing there Stephen Brown um, I've gone for two
5: more recent ones um, and possibly the two worst players I've ever seen in the red shirt and they'd make the most horrific partnership ever and it's uh, Christian Poulsen and Joe Cole.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. I
5: I, I really can't go into detail about how bad these two people were.
0: Actually, just for the record, Stephen looks really upset. I
5: I cannot believe that the two of them played for Liverpool Football Club. Christian Poulsen is now the Ajax captain, by the way.
0: Yeah. The man is
5: stealing a living. Absolutely stealing a living somehow. Um, And Joe Cole, it, it just... Hands on his knees after one run. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's Jog it. Joe Cole envies my fitness and that says a lot. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Phil, here we go over.
3: I, Mark robbed my first one which was going to be Salif Joe. Yeah. Um, I remember the 2002 World Cup and I thought when 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 I watched that that fella destroyed midfields on his own he, he destroyed France he was box to box he was pacey he was aggressive he, he could create goals he looked like he had goals in him he looked like the ultimate midfielder he looked like somebody that was going to dominate football for the next 20 years then we signed him um, <laughs> he's in there one, I'm going to dig back to a signing that we made that was that was billed as signing one of the best midfielders in England at the time. Hello. And um, Paul Stewart. Oh, come on. That's oh, mine again. Paul, Paul Stewart. And I, I have to say, I remember when Paul Stewart signed and there was a buzz of anticipation that we're signing this powerhouse of a midfielder. He was soon as reincarnated. He was, he was everything you wanted in a midfielder. My Jesus, he was appalling. I, just, I remember, I remember even, thought, I think that was the first time I realised that players could be absolutely diabolical. And it was just, you're just looking at Paul Stewart, nothing went right for him. He was just, he, everything he did was just atrocious.
5: He had horrendous hair as well.
3: He had horrendous hair. He was straight out of an Eddie Morphy <laughs> film. And Jerry Lewis you know, was watching so cool Jer- <laughs> <with Jerry> <laughs> the Jerry Curl juice in the whole lot. He was just, uh, everything that, he was just, a, uh, he was appalling. <laughs> so he's, Paul Stewart's definitely in there. Um, and, you know, there's a toss up, but I'm going to go for one which I'm going purely on monetary value for what what was in there. But Alberto Aquilani, for the 20 million we paid and for the return that we didn't get out of him, he was a he like he, he was an atrocious island. We're talking about the worst eleven. The fellow barely ever played for us. Now, whether rightly or wrongly, or, or he had something to offer, but he didn't, and it just he was he was Alonso's replacement. Um, that's sad there's a footballer in there but he's even uh, when he went to Milan on one of his loan spells he did well Um, but he just I I remember him playing for Roma before he signed for us I remember destroying United at Old Trafford and we never saw that player at all Um, notable shouts for Ivan Leonardson um, because he was another that we signed to to be a missing missing link in midfield he was appalling the list is endless Mark's right they're, they're like, there's, there's, a, there's a delightful selection box going on here of midfielders you could pick from
0: well to clarify your two were definitely then Aquilani and Jeff no no, no. Paul no. Stewart and Aquilani Paul Stewart and Aquilani well thanks a fucking million because they were my two as well <laughs> And now I've got absolutely nothing to say because you've been chatting for about seven hours there. So we're just going to move straight on uh, to the next section because you've just completely ruined it for me. Uh, Right, we should begin our analysis of yesterday's mayhem at the Potteries. So we should begin our review again of of Stoke City versus Liverpool. So could we start with uh, a topic that maybe might jump straight to everyone's mind? And that is Philippe Coutinho who for some people, they've been speaking about how he seems to be struggling a little bit to recapture the sparkle that he showed um, in his first half season with us. I know, Mark, you've got a a take on this, um, on on Coutinho's current form. So could you perhaps give us your ideas on that?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, there's obviously a a case of a bit of second season syndrome with him where defenders... Know him a little bit better this year i mean he he's well known for he's got these two dribbling moves that he he tries a lot where it 's the the drop of the shoulder and he goes off to the other side and, and and there's the fake and the roll and and I think now defenders are just a little bit more wary of of what he's going to do, but I think with him, I think he didn't do very well against Stoke. But up until then, I think the last couple of weeks, he has been performing OK. He has been creating chances. And even though he's not at the peak, he's still having six, seven or ten out of performances. But one thing that I, I have noticed, and, it, and it's, it's more to do who he's playing with. And in a 4-2-3-1, he definitely prefers playing with a Sturridge-style striker than a Luis Suarez. When it was Sturridge up top of him at the back end of last season, he, he makes his sort of sort of uh, Sturridge makes his wide receiver sort of runs where it's choreographed to perfection in training, and, and Coutinho can thread a pass and put it literally on the money, just like American football sort of mm. a, a, a sort of move where where Suarez wants the ball to feet, so then he can do the magic, take on his players, does his nutmeg, and and, and get and get the shot off, and um, I think now that Sturridge is back from injury and fingers crossed that that, that Suarez and and Coutinho don't get injured or or suspended there's a good chance that with all three of them playing together you could really start to see that the 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 Coutinho of last season and I, I had a look I had a look this afternoon and there's only one time this season that Coutinho, Suarez and Sturridge have started in the same game which is crazy, you know, seeing that we're halfway through the season. Yeah. So if, if we can adopt this four-two-two-two formation and and have um, Suarez and uh, Sturridge up top with, with Coutinho just behind, I think we will start to see a much more better uh, Coutinho performances.
0: Yeah, and do, do you think Mark? It's going to be a thing that he's going to struggle with all the time, which is the clear. Lack of pace that he does have in comparison to other attackers in that position, um, uh, especially when he's pushed out to the to the wide uh, areas.
2: I think I think he actually prefers. I think he got asked uh, in in, the, in preseason what position he he does prefer. And he says he prefers it out on the left. I hmm. think in 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 the centre, it's it's been known that he does get crowded out. Um, but I think on the on the wide left, he does get a chance to cut in. I think with when he possesses that that touch and that vision and that passing ability. I think it's a case of where he doesn't really need the pace of say a Sterling, mm. um, but I, I, I prefer him to be out out on on the left. Um, I think that's where he has performed the best. But to be honest, when when the game kicks off, he may be on the starting lineup as a left-sided midfielder. But I mean, he's been it's well known that he's been given license to roam to do what what he wants, where he wants around the pitch. You know, uh, there will be players to pick up his position if 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 he if he gets caught out on, on the attack. So it's it's a case of where he has literally got free free roam to, 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 to do he wants on, on a pitch really.
0: Sure, absolutely. I suppose the obvious thing to do next would be to speak about um Sturgeon Suarez. So let's not do that and let's speak about uh, Raheem Sterling instead. Now we've got our own Phil here who's leading the Tody Sub Brigade tonight with his insistence that he always loved him and he always backed him to the hilt, especially after Hull when all the rest of you bastards were slagging him off, and or he rotten. is he is stepping it up. Um, he was essential, uh, played an essential role in the, in, in the goals. He seems to have rediscovered that physicality that he showed in the early part of his career. Ironically, when he was lighter, and he's on his longest ever run in the first team. So, are we seeing uh, a man who's going to be part of a permanent set up there in the forward uh, in the forward uh, um, players? Phil, do you think?
3: I think um, having watched the game yesterday, I- I'm looking at at, at Sterling's performance. Uh, everyone today has been talking about storage coming back and the uh, storage and Suarez combination, and uh, you know the the SAS and the whole lot. But well, to be honest with you, like uh, Sterling for me has has an integral part in in the goals in terms of what went on, especially the the, the last goal, the the, the storage goal, it, like he he wins the ball out on the wing cuts it back into Suarez Suarez then puts a beautiful ball in you know there's, there's a fluidity of movement that, that himself Sturridge and Suarez can accommodate when you're playing it with, with a three that also allows for width in that, that three as well because Suarez likes to drift wide and then attack at angles Sterling himself was holding the shape on the right hand side an awful lot and keeping width in our play when, when players are coming to join in he just looks like a player who has confidence. And I thought when, when he came back into the side in the whole game, he looked like he was lacking a bit of confidence. He'd also maybe had his own question marks in his head where he'd been playing at right wing back and had been playing at right back in other games as well. But I think he's learned from that. I think he's, he's, he's rebuilt his confidence. I think he's, he's now believing in himself and he's backing himself when it comes to taking on players, which he had sort of maybe lost for a bit. Um, and when I look at Coutinho now, and, and leading on from Mark's point earlier he reminds me an awful lot when Sterling starts to drop off at the end of his first spell in, in the 11 that Coutinho looks like a player that potentially is, is losing a bit of his confidence because everything that was happening and come natural before isn't happening and he's now forcing the game mm-hmm. whereas with Sterling it's back to being natural and again these these kids and they are kids because Coutinho is, 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 is only 20 you've got Sterling who's 19 right? they're going to have peaks and troughs in terms of form especially at this age as they come in mm-hmm. and it's now I, I, I'd like to see just like he, he's got Sterling, he got Coutinho. He doesn't need to start the tournament in, in games. He can rotate them because he has storage, Suarez
0: and Sterling. Uh, on that point about development, Phil, I just want to come in there. Isn't it just as well that that that, that um, we had that spell where Raheem got that experience as a right wing back and as a right back because Christ knows we'll come on to this yesterday or we'll come on to this later on but it was very important for, for the cover for Glenn Johnson yesterday.
3: Yeah, and I think also it, it's noticeable that Coutinho maybe is absent a little bit on his defensive duties yeah. when it comes to yeah. Sissoko and left him more more exposed down the left-hand flank <clears throat> which to Sissoko's credit he was able to deal with uh, very much on his own. But I... Uh, I genuinely think that we're seeing the emergence now of the Sterling that we expected to see. Um, he, he's now learned as a, he's gone through the fourth season he's had the issues with the second sort of coming of, of Raheem Sterling and he's now found his mojo he's now working the way he, he wanted to work and he's starting to deliver big time in terms of what we need to do. It's great it gives us a bit of depth we were only complaining two or three weeks ago that we didn't have much depth now we're looking at a position where we have storage back we have Suarez we have Coutinho we have Sterling we don't need to put all of them into the into the. 11- yeah. <laughs> you know we've got options we need things to be able to change up a game to change the pace bringing storage on yesterday was brilliant because we all of a sudden had real penetration and trust in the actual game that went on and Sterling also gives you that penetration and trust from from the bench (laughs) penetration (laughs) and trust steady steady
0: (laughs) Steady. (laughs) (laughs) oh man anyway yeah so penetration and and trust (laughs) and we've lost the train Here's the
4: title Okay,
0: right uh, let's Let's, let's move on to a different. Damien Floyd, could you speak to me about the midfield here? It was it, uh, look. It, let's 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 be honest. It was the worst performance in a while. In some, in some ways, um, Henderson probably struggled a little bit. Um, is it surprising that we had that lack of mobility given that both Lucas and Jared were there present in the midfield? Rogers, we had him speaking afterwards about how wonderful uh, Jared was at, at defensive midfielder, speaking about his dominant personality and all that type of thing. Did he control the game? Uh, to me, his passing was quite poor. Um, I mean, look, Charlie Adam looked good uh, against us. Uh, I'm Pacey, I'm Pacey. Charlie Adam looked quick. Sign Charlie Adam. Let's get him.
3: <laughs> so, you don't start that again.
0: <laughs> what what What's, what's your take on, on the two boys back together again in tandem?
1: I, I, I think we've done this to death the last few weeks. They, they, they cannot play as a tandem. Now, in fairness, the, the couple of times that they did play earlier on in the season, both of them played deep. Um, but yesterday... There was a bit of a change and that it was Lucas had pushed on and being he was more like where Alan was last week. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for Lucas, he hasn't got the legs to do that. Um he was pushed like five minutes into the game, he's breathing heavy and he's struggling. Um Gerrard struggled at the end for me, defensive midfield sitting in there. Because the simple thing to do at defensive midfield is win the ball and give a simple. Roy came was the master of it. Jared was getting; he was winning the ball, and he was trying to tread sixty-yard passes through to, through to him, and he was just giving it away. Mark, you, Mark Simpson,
0: what, what are your thoughts about uh, Rogers' reluctance to play Jared in, a, in an attacking midfield role, where so many people are shouting about uh, him being more effective, where he did very well against Oldham? Um, what's your take on that?
2: I, I really don't know what he's thinking behind it, and I was really surprised yesterday when the game kicked off, and uh, all of a sudden you see Lucas in the opposition penalty area, which yeah, is yeah. some of it yeah. I ain't seen all season, you know. And I think and Lucas Gerard, was surprised. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. And, and seeing Gerard and Gerard sitting in that deeper role, and and maybe that's like a sign of things to come. Now, obviously, Allen and Henderson have been our standout midfielders probably since the uh, Tottenham game, mm. and. You know, I remember Gerard was in the Sky Sports studios there, and Carragher said, "You know, how are you getting back into this team?" And I think with with Gerard playing that deeper role, I think it looks like now that Lucas is the one that's going to sit out because Alan is presumably back next week. And um, you know, if you were if you were to sort of get in the mind of of Rogers and think of a midfield three at present, you're sort of thinking to have Gerard with with Alan and, and Henderson. Mm. Um, as far as w- why is he not playing a more attacking role? I, I really don't know. Maybe it's a case of his legs. Maybe it's a case of Jared having a word with Rogers. You know, he's the captain, he's got a lot of say. Um, there's, maybe there's, that is all that he wants.
0: There seemed to be an agenda there almost, in not there, Mark, in terms of the two uh, the post match interviews Jared talking it up and talking up his, his um, uh, interest in playing there, and uh, Brendan then talking about his effectiveness there. There seemed to be almost like a, a, something that they kind of agreed to talk about in advance.
2: Mm. Well, it's uh, it, it's interesting, and, and it's obviously be interesting to see what, what Lucas is thinking of, all of this because you know, te- technically he, he he would have thought that that position was him nailed down. I mean, maybe with Lucas, he's been given eighteen months now to come back f- from his injuries, and uh, I think you can sort of see that he's not at that level of where he was uh, un- under under Kenny before his injury. Mm. I mean, he, he's not. I mean, we at the moment Liverpool are striving for Champions League. Uh, this time next year, if, uh, when when we are in the Champions League and we're coming up in, in our group games, do, do you want to see Lucas being our starter defensive midfielder? I think that the the answer is no. You know, it, it, but he is a good squad player. He's a great squad player to to have around, and you know, I, I think now is probably the time. I think it's, it's very telling that for the rest of the season, you know, unless Liverpool go out and sign a defensive midfielder in the next couple of weeks, you will probably see Gerard being the more deeper with uh with an Allen and, and Henderson midfield but going quickly on Gerard yesterday I was watching it and I was thinking you know he's given the ball a lot here given the ball away a lot but mm. I looked at the looked at the stats it was our it, it was it was one of the top players for, for past completion mm. um it, it was um it, it was it was like the third best um and you know it could be down to, to the weather conditions but you know, but, a, lot, a lot a lot of players were giving the ball away yesterday, but you know, he, he recovered the ball the most, he, he had the most successful tackles, he had this you know the, the one of the highest pass completion rates and then you know that ball out to Johnson. You
4: know, yeah.
2: He it.
3: Uh, Mark, what my, my take it was that the the balls he did give away were were really bad. Um, miss passes. So you know sometimes when when, when when it looks like a simple ball that goes and gets intercepted, it's not it's it's not as percept- like it's not as perceptible to people watching the game, right? Whereas yeah. if you if you ping a forty yard pass across the pitch and it, and it goes straight to an opposition player, it, it's so much more obvious and people rem- right. remember it a hell of a lot more than say the simple five yard pa- five or ten five yard passes you may have played beforehand. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I, I think th- I think that could be like th- th- when he does give away possession, he tends to give it with a big diag that 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 gets cut out and and gets seen an awful lot easier than something that you know it might be even a 50-50 ball into a, into a midfielder looking to turn say an Allen or or, or, or a Henderson
2: I think with um, Lucas he's very good at reading the ball and you know his, his lack of mobility is sometimes his, his, his reading of the game can obviously make up for that but the, you know, there's lots of players out there, there's lots of midfielders out on the continent that we can go out and sign yeah. that would be able to be an improvement on on Lucas. You know, I, I like the guy. I, you know, you can see him being at Liverpool for the rest of his career and being happy as as a squad player, mm-hmm. you know, and I hope that he does make the the Brazil World Cup squad because it'll be a nice little, you know, comeback from injury and, and a real big, like, sort of two-year two period for him. But I think the Gerard Lucas... Conundrum is getting as annoying as the Gerard Lampard for England conundrum. it was all those years ago. It, it's, it's like a case of where it's just boring now. You know, everybody can, can see see it, that it's got to be one or the other. And the way that uh Rogers likes to play, the uh, you need to have legs. And um, if, if if we were to continue to see a Gerard Lucas midfield, he's just sort of contradicting himself, really. But I, I like to say, Allen's his golden boy. Henderson, you know, is is one of our best players at the moment, and Gerrard's his captain. Yeah, you can't see further than that. No.
0: Well, look, let's let's move to a different area of the pitch altogether. As you say, we've done the midfield. <laughs> um, I suppose in the defence, a positive would be uh, Sissoko doing quite well. Actually, uh, very solid performance. And the one time he did do something stupid, which, which was that tackle, um, he managed to at least do it outside the box. Um, Damien Flood would you um, as someone who is possibly not his greatest fan would you think that he was uh, you know, uh, <coughs> adequate again or
1: actually maybe even good um, Sissoko for me yesterday he was okay um, he'd done his job um, yeah. and as a fullback, your job is to defend now we keep hearing this about Johnson great attacking player you're a fucking full back defend defend yeah. crosses yeah. and stop through that team scoring if you give us anything the opposite end of the pitch great mm. Sissoko done that yesterday yeah. he defended and he defended stoutly Um yeah. He didn't give us too much going forward, but he done his job. Yeah. If you'd fella on the other side, done his fucking job, you wouldn't have conceded the focus goal. Which
0: is basically
1: we can't seem yeah. to avoid the fact, we can't. yeah,
0: because, because almost it was almost like Sissoko looked good in comparison with. Yeah, the, the, the gin the gin on the opposite side.
1: If you're given t- marks out ten, you got a six or a seven. he like, was solid. Yeah. No, yeah. no better. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That's, that's well, let's bring you straight
0: in on that. Then I, I know you've, you've been vocal on Johnson before, but I mean, what does this kid have to do to get dropped? I mean, he was awful again. And and by the way, you know, I'm on record as 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 someone who thinks that he when he plays well, he's a wonderful footballer, and he does offer a lot. But God, he was awful again, and looks. I mean he looks disinterested how many times can he fail to stop a cross I mean has he when does he ever stop crosses um, on the crouch goal himself and Suarez actually that was the main one of the dominant features of that match was Glenn just jogging around the place actually jogging away from danger jogging away from
1: danger areas um, what's going to happen there fully I mean I, I've said it and I've said it a few weeks ago it's time for Kelly to come into that side if he's the only fit right back we have it's time for Kelly to come in Um I don't know if Johnson has any aspirations of going to the World Cup. If he's fucking playing like that, he shouldn't be on the plane for, for, for anything to the World yeah. Cup. Um, it could be worth the while, and I've said it, he needs to spend some bench time, and um, just get a little bit of hunger. Mm. Looks like a player that has, I don't know, other personal issues or something on his mind, he's just not putting the effort in. Um, and the, the simple things there yesterday, as a defender, you close the man... You, you, you are difficult to be. Mm. He's not even doing that. Well, it's, that's it. You mm-hmm. can tell
0: the difference between a guy who's off form, a guy who's struggling with his form, and who's busting the gut to try and put
1: it right, and a guy who just looks detached. Yeah. You know? I, th- I think most people that, that have played the game have always said that like, everyone goes through runs of bad form. Yeah. It doesn't stop you running. It doesn't stop you no, walking exactly, hard. Yeah. Th- that's, that's the minimum you're asking for. Yeah. He's not even giving that at the moment. Mm. I, I, I honestly don't know. Like it's How he's getting picked every week is beyond me. It yeah. really is it's me. almost
0: like there has to be a story there that we don't know about. Um, let, to bring in someone else, we, we've sorry.
4: I, I'll be honest with you, for the first 30
0: minutes... Um, I've got sorry, to cut across and, three, and yeah, w- yeah. welcome you in there, oh, S- Steve much, O'Day, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> and, and feel free to arrive at any time, Kate. Yeah,
4: yeah, no, okay. that's, uh, that's how I roll. Sorry, mate,
0: you're... <laughs> <laughs> we've noticed, we've noticed. My missus says that to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: no, fun. in all seriousness, first, uh, first 25, 30 minutes, Stokes set out with a game plan to target Sissoko, Yeah, and then... They realised after 30 minutes. Actually, this bloke isn't the weak link. Mm-hmm. The rifle is. Mm-hmm. Let's get down. And you could see, and out of it, he, he, the difference in him. You know what I mean? He, he was. He wasn't even in, in the game. No. You know what I mean? And and um Wilson was left with having to deal with Sterling and sometimes Johnson as well because it did, He didn't want to know a bit about it. He, he didn't want. He he wasn't in the game. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they clicked and they went. Hang on a second. Let's start. Let's start attacking the left hand side. Let's get at or, like their left hand side, our, our right full, and the difference in the game from there on in. Mm-hmm. Johnson just went to pieces. Yeah. He looked actually reasonably composed up to that point, but only because he hadn't been put under any pressure. Yeah. No one had had a go at him, and as soon as he, they did, he just bottled it.
0: Well, it's nice. It's nice to see you off the off the alley bin uh, where you were jumping, no, <laughs> jumping on the lid of the <laughs> alley bin. Is this NFF right? being proved right now? What do you
4: mean jumping <laughs> on the lid? I'd a lock and chain for that bin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah. And by the way, uh, Casey's already got to told-you-so. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, so so so. that's all. It's, it's good. <laughs> there's, there's, someone, there's someone keeping it going. got to keep it wrong. Stephen Brown, um, on Martin Skirtle, um, what, what, what was your take on him? He, he seemed to back off for the, uh, <clears throat> the Charlie-Adam goal. I mean, <laughs> he, he's worked on him on a daily basis. He must know that Charlie's not going to pass it off there and he's going to have a pop. Um, did we think that he was sold enough apart from that? Uh, how did he work with Colo? I put this
5: view out earlier on obviously and went back and looked at the highlights again um, after saying what I said and it made me rethink that I think that it was Torre was actually a fault and he pulled Skirtle down with him it seemed as though Torre decided that he was backing off and he was the one dropping deep whereas at the start of the season we seen Torre, and he was the one that was vocally pushing the side up further um, Skirtle was decent yesterday Um after watching it as he said, after watching it back again, Skirtle was decent enough. I mean, he shouldn't have backed off if he hadn't go. Like it. Stevie Wonder he had him was shooting as soon as he got that ball. Like there was no reason for him to back off and if you look that's at it that's
3: because he was listening on the radio <laughs>
5: <laughs> but when you looked at it again you see like Skirtle backs 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 and he actually end up inside his own box by the time he realises as if he's seen the, lo- the line of the box in front of him and then decided oh I better try and close him down and by that stage Adam had already hit the ball
4: Steve I actually have a theory on this and as you said he worked with him for a season mm. and whatever mm. he just told himself Charlie had him shit and then he remembered, <laughs> he, remembered <laughs> <laughs> he remembered that pen and went if he hits that fucking ball it's out of the Britannia Stadium doesn't matter and then, and then Adam Adam hit it and he went bollocks where did that come from you could see the look on his face and it was. it's like he was going to go up to Adam and go when the fuck did you learn to do that mm.
0: actually when you put it like that I feel sorry for him.
3: I'd, I'd, I'd argue well on the skirtle thing and watching the game yesterday I, I kept thinking to myself that was actually Tore who seemed like a bit of a fish out of water coming back to the old adage that we've been talking about for a long time that two left footed centre backs can't play together for me it's sort to prove that Tore really struggled playing as the left centre back yesterday he yeah. never he never seemed to get the grips while, with, with his position on the pitch um, and he couldn't really get the. I thought Crouch really handled him very well and, and in fairness to Peter Crouch like he, he's never going to beat him for pace but what he did was he just muscled his way past, mm. past Tore. he was able to shove him off the ball there was like I know um, the focus was on Skirtle sure pulling the whole lot. Crouch spent this whole time dragging the short off, right. yeah, pulling him yeah. as, as Toro was jumping. Is Crouch was getting a hold of the jersey. He, hit the, yeah. he
5: hit the post, he actually has a hold, he and has the hold of, the jersey. of jersey. But
3: it, And it boils back to what Andy said a few weeks ago. That it seems that referees are allowing short pulling in the box. There, there doesn't
1: seem to be anyone getting pulled up over. Well, I, it. I was just looking at that and I actually think they've had a word slightly with Skirtle about this because if you look at the starting position on the corners, I mm. said a few weeks ago, his body is kind of half open. He's not getting kind of touched, tight, yeah. chest to chest anymore. He is giving himself that half a year to, to go. Um, there was only once yesterday I seen him, and that's when he actually fell on your man, held him down and started wrestling yeah. him on the ground. That was the only time I seen him down yesterday. If you couldn't watch him next week, he, is, he has got that kind of half a year torn. That's good to see. And with, with being touched, tight, but that's why he needs season, that.
4: Then. He needs that open body shape, yeah. though, because yeah. as you say, he was so he was so close that any sort of contact was going to put him in a position yeah. whereby, yeah, listen, we all know he's been wrestling people for weeks and weeks and weeks at this stage. But any sort of um, you know positional sense that whereby he was too close gave the referee something to think about. Now he has that he's he's half a yard away it's enough to get a a leap at it it's enough to put your man off in the jump without it actually being a free and and
1: you can see you you can spot the movement as well and I've actually the last two games I've kind of been watching him and he has eased off on that grappling he'll get the benefit of the
4: doubt if he's coming from half a yard into a challenge he'll get the benefit of the doubt rather than if he's touched tight with your man and just dragging out him yeah, Yeah, Mark Mark Simpson
2: I was just, I was going to quickly. I think Skirtle's done well because we all know that he's been grabbing shirts. But what defender doesn't? And every single media and pundit, like now Quinn, all the time was yep. was trying to highlight oh, the fact Quinn. that, that Skirtle Skirtle grabbed shirts. But it's been on match of the day. It's been on everything. So he's got that to play with. Mm. And obviously, that the, the coach and staff have said to him: "Listen, you know, you know, take 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 a step back. Don't make it too obvious." But you're right. Referees are going to give you. It's like one of these unwritten laws. You know, there's shirt pulling it is going to happen. Attackers grab the shirts as much as defenders do, but I think Skirtle's done very well um, to to sort of adapt. Because, like I say, everybody, unknown to man, is is, is try to highlight the fact that Skirtle likes to grab a shirt in the box, but you know um, he hasn't given a penalty away yet touch wood uh you
0: know yeah
2: but uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah jesus it's has been Tahke on saturday what have i done <laughs> i don't know but everyone here just grabbed the table mark so um, listen <laughs> the wooden table <laughs> the
4: wooden table yeah
3: grab any piece of wood you can touch it touch it um, mark. i'm touching wood <laughs> Trev,
6: put that away, man. <laughs>
0: penetration and trust. I'm judging, Ward. And, and with that, I would leave. Um, Mark, moving to the last line of defence and Simon Mignolet, um, He's He seems maybe a little bit rattled after a couple of high profile mistakes, um, despite them being framed by good performances otherwise. Um, could he have dominated his area better, do you think, a little bit yesterday?
2: I I, I, th- I think it's a, a tough one yesterday's game. Before you sort of look at the analysis, you've got to take into a fact the weather was minging. You know, it was uh, it was an, it was awful awful uh, conditions to to be a goalkeeper in. Hmm. I think that when the defence is so deep and almost playing on your six at your six yard box, you know, it is going to make it really hard. And like Peter Crouch, um, really did sort of take advantage of that. You know, he, he probably will have been a bit nervous. Remember, on the on the on the first game of the season, you know, he, he had that a, a do, sort of dodgy forty fifty minutes, especially on crosses. But obviously, he did he did the penalty save? So that's what everybody remembers. But I think that may have been playing on his mind. You know, I think he ha- he has made a couple of mistakes, but you know, he more than made up for it with those saves from Jonathan Wattles' header, from mm-hmm. Gerard's own goal mm-hmm. almost, and you know. He loves to save shots and we're a team that, that lets the opposition have a lot of shots on goal outside the area. Yeah. And we've gone out and bought one of the best shot stoppers in the league. And I think, you know, he, he loves to save a shot. He, he, he will make the occasional mistake, but I think he's been one of our standout performers uh, definitely of, of this season and um, yeah, he's, he's one of the best keepers in the league in my opinion and I think yesterday we can g- give him a break just like we can give Henderson a break because the conditions were, were, were filthy
0: yeah uh, relief all around the room here as Phyllis stopped touching wood um, Steve Daly could we ask you something when, I, when I all this...
3: touching cloth we'll be out here
0: <laughs> <laughs> when all said and done Steve games like yesterday's are, are they not well, you, basically the essential stepping stones to becoming a top side you 've got massive pressure to get three points All well six of the other top seven have uh, have one or five or whatever the hell it was uh, are some of the other ones left. The result was delivered Liverpool ease back in the top four they don't cough up the points which which they might have done before mm-hmm. is that one of those games that's a kind of like a watershed moment or a definitive yeah,
4: yeah I think yeah. it is I think it's I think it's actually as important as the, the Stoke game first game of the season mm. I think that penalty save mm. was a catalyst for the What's way we went on and played yep. the next seven Absolutely, or eight games yep. and yesterday was a mental barrier for Liverpool mm-hmm. I think in the sense we haven't beaten them in the premiership in the Britannia since they came up in mm-hmm. what 2008 was it yep. mm-hmm. so six years six seasons of, of football without beating once now i i said it you know in the sense of i I had a feeling their their style of play would be different to pull us and and i think we might have done that one nil two nil yesterday even if he'd been in charge but it wouldn't have been a 5-3 game they'd have fucking kicked us left right and center and and we all feared that last week that 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 would happen and it didn't it didn't actually thankfully but um yeah i think i think it's a it's definitely a stepping stone to where we want to go i think it's um you know, if, if we do want to, to push on and become a, a genuine um, mainstay in that top four, then I think they're the sort of, sort of games we've got to be winning, especially the weekend that was in it. Yeah, you know, yeah. six of the top seven had won on on, uh, on Saturday. They Are they winning at the moment? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? So, so with that in mind... You know, it was essential that we picked up the points. Yeah, yesterday. and the, the small psychological thing
0: of moving back in and leapfrogging and everything and mm-hmm. back in the top four. And listen, I know they're tiny margins, but it does
4: make a difference. Of course, yeah. every yeah. point is going to count. Yeah. You know, this could come down to goal difference, if nothing else, and that's great to see as well. That yeah. we're at plus twenty five at the moment. Yeah. Uh, who, who's at Spurs are on plus two. I think, you yeah. know what I mean? So, so you know, if, if it does come down, I think actually Spurs could be the, the biggest threat out of all those teams there, other than Everton at United.
3: I think, I'll have to say now, I'll echoing the point that yesterday for me was an emergence in terms of mentality. It's the first time in a long time I remember it's gone with some serious pressure to get a result after other results mm-hmm. and delivering with a bad performance it wasn't a good performance it was a phen- phenomenal attacking performance like to, to, we, we haven't really talked much about Storages introduction but to come in with 20 minutes to go to get an assist and a goal having not played for six to eight weeks beforehand with, with the actual injury mm-hmm. to have that in your locker to, the fear that pumps into teams is is, is is Unbelievable, you can't mark it out. You can say, Jesus, we put three past Liverpool and we still didn't win. Yeah, that mentality that's the stuff that's been in teams' heads when they've gone to play United over the last 10 say, 12 it's, years. It's
4: no one's going to like it, but it's reminiscent of a Ferguson style United approach. You know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't matter as teams came back at them, they were just like, Fuck you, we'll score another one. Yeah, you know what so I mean? Okay, Kevin Keegan him... yeah, Well, yeah, 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 although, <laughs> <realized. laughs> yeah, 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 but you know can what I mean? I yeah, sorry,
2: can, go I very very quickly on that one. Sure. I think Brendan Rogers should be given a lot of praise for bringing on Sturridge when he did. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he could have quite easily tried, you know, to 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 take off Sterling, say, and bring on maybe a, a, a Moses. But by bringing Sturridge on and by going two up top, it it sort of made uh, Stoke think a little bit. Yeah. And obviously they were chasing the game, but now you've got Sturridge and Suarez to think about. And I think you know Rogers' in-game management has, has sometimes been. You know, lacking, but it sometimes he's done really well. And I think yesterday was definitely a, a, a tick, really, in his in-game management. And I think by bringing Sturridge on when he did, w- w- it was a masterstroke, I think.
0: Yeah, Mark, it would be remiss of us if we didn't actually mention a little bit about that. I mean, Danny Sturridge, there's no, there was no rust. He came back, there was power, there was pace, there was skill. What, 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 was, your, what was your response to, to Sturridge and his,
2: his, uh, his introduction? Well, I think um, the extra bit of rest has, has done him good. But there was rumours that he was technically could have been ready two or three weeks ago. Yeah. But because of uh, Sterling uh, put, put, putting goals in, you know, but delivering on goals, he, he didn't need to be rushed back. So I think the general feeling was that that they could maybe rest him for a couple of more weeks, and it showed. You know, he came back into a, a game and where. He didn't look rusty at all. He was he was straight in uh, and, and straight on, and you know he's got his goal and he's he's got his assist as well. Like in in, a, in what in a twenty five minute cameo appearance. So yeah. you know maybe before the Stoke game you're thinking how, how is he going to get back in? But now you can instantly see you know the formation is sort of forming where you know you can't really leave Sturridge out. Um, you, you know you've, you've got your Suarez storage partnership uh, ready to go to fires for the last five months really
0: absolutely and Floody there was some lovely sky pointing for you and Phil there at the end when, <laughs> when started scoring sweet I,
1: Jesus when he come onto Fuckin the pitch he pointed straight to the sky you know? <laughs> that's, that's especially for you Phil and
3: Coutinho pointed <laughs> to the sky when he was going off yeah. he must have been not, off he like was actually giving you
4: the finger <laughs> <after> the
0: <day.
3: laughs> if he was I'd, I'd be delighted
2: you if must, he turned
0: to the cameras and gave it that one I'd be absolutely <laughs> delighted you must have got eight or nine text messages about that Same time. Um, Right, uh, and look, let's finish this out with two words, and that is uh, Luis Suarez, and let's say them to Stephen Brown, and let's get a quick response from you on that.
5: I'm struggling to put into words how good he is. I know we've all probably seen the graphic that Sky News had up yesterday. With uh, the comparisons between him and Messi and Ronaldo, okay, the goals. Um, hang on.
3: Did they say how many goals it scored in comparison to other teams? Oh, they, I've, never heard I've never I've heard, that heard that before. before. I'd, that one I'd say
4: they'll put that stat together for next week. Maybe. It's, it's, do you know?
3: Do you do what, know? Right. What? Suarez had scored more goals than Stoke had before the game <laughs> yesterday. Ever. And then, and, <laughs> and then after the game, Stoke had scored more goals than Suarez. <laughs> But well, that's but Stoke I mean, have scored more tries than Suarez.
4: Just while Steve is pulling that up there, um, one <laughs> thing that we have done we've we've and not putting that
3: graphic in by the way. Fourth, going to win the league. Fucking lads. happy days. Winning the
4: league. That right. no, was the Champions League <laughs> <That> <laughs> This was, year That was yeah. <laughs> Jesus We're going to be brought in As the 17th team Just because Luis Suarez is deadly
0: <laughs> Okay but That was officially The worst Messiest sign off To a review Ever I actually
2: Trev asked for two Lasted for five minutes <laughs> Yeah trev asked or two
4: Quick words <laughs> Two, just oh, two, two sentences
0: trite. Jesus Mark I, feel, I just feel like I just feel like Throwing everything around The that fucking are That was a As a quick word in here Wow Okay um, <laughs> So, slight pause. Right, we're honoured to welcome one of my favourite sports writers, Jonathan Wilson, to the show tonight. Jonathan's just launched and is promoting Anatomy of Liverpool, which is a forensic look at some of the key matches in the club's history, written with Scott Murray. The two lads were at the stars of the show at the Sugar Club last night. So, Jonathan, how's your head after last night, and was it a tough crowd? <laughs> Sorry,
6: too <long. laughs> um... It was yeah, my head, head's not too bad. Uh, yeah, we had quite an early flight back, so I couldn't couldn't go too wild. We had a, had a very nice meal at the Sussex afterwards. a couple of, couple of glasses of wine, um, but no, it was a very good night. Um, you yeah, know, we we did an event there. with was a visit uh, back before Christmas, and that was that was a great night. It was another great night there. So you know, it seems a like very very good venue. Seems like so you get a very good very good level of questions. So.
0: Brilliant. Hopefully
6: the i be back the, before too long? But I had a had a great time.
0: The interaction was good with the with the with the crowd.
6: Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's one of the one of the key things. I mean, I guess the last thing going to be watching, wants to see, is, is sort of two or three people sitting on stage just talking. And the last thing we want on stage is to have to talk all the time. Yeah, you know, we want people asking questions, we want people bouncing off us, and, and you know, we we got a load of that. So, um, you know, and you mentioned Scott and I, and John Keefe was, was presenting. And if anybody hasn't seen him present before, he's an absolutely brilliant presenter, especially on matters to do with Liverpool. 'Cause he, he covered them for you know forty forty odd years for the for the Express. Sure. And I what I hadn't realised last night is he's a really gifted impressionist. So he was doing impressions of Shankly, impressions of Paisley, and he does it by Hodgson as well. Excellent.
0: So, yeah, you, know, you got all of that as well. Excellent. Yeah, I can I can imagine that would that would lighten the mood quite a bit. Listen, not be, being a non Liverpool fan yourself, how hard was it for you and, and for Scott to get into the eyes and, and the minds of Liverpool fans to to, to be sure that the, the matches that you were picking Carried resonance for the fans. Um, that that, that you would chosen the right ones. Did you canvas any any Reds when you were doing it?
6: Well, it was, Scott actually is a Liverpool fan. Okay. Although uh, he grew up in Basingstoke, I think his his father um, was a Liverpool fan, so passed that on to him. So I think you know it worked quite nicely. You had him with a you know a partisan viewpoint and, and me you know, from the outside. Um, and yeah, although I'm not a Liverpool fan. Uh, I think anybody of my generation, you know, I'm 37, so I'm, a little bit older, I'm 41, uh, but our generation, you know, when we were growing up, when we were first getting into football, Liverpool were a team you wanted your team to be. So, you know, I remember when I was a kid, uh, saying to my mum, saying, mum, I really wish I'd been born in Liverpool, and she sort of looked at me in bewilderment, so you're worried. <laughs> then I could have supported Liverpool, could have supported the proper team, rather than Along with the
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely, and like you say, I'm, 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 I'm a similar vintage. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm 40, and it, it, it there, there were the team that were basically on the TV as well, which is, which is a massive thing, I suppose, and 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 part of your formative uh, of memories there as well. But so basically, it was just between yourself and Scott. You didn't, you didn't feel the need to go around and kind of get opinion, uh, get opinion polls, or or, or work out from a, a fan body which which matches they thought.
6: No, I mean, I, I guess we did talk to people. So we talked to Liverpool fans, sort of asking for ideas. I mean, one of the ideas, or one of the um, driving forces between, yeah, behind this was was to try and get beyond the obvious, to try and get beyond the games that people would necessarily choose. Now, you don't want to be over clever, so obviously you have to have, you know, the two thousand and five Champions League final. It'd be absurd not to have that. Mm. But things like choosing the eighteen ninety nine defeat to Aston Villa, um, an absolutely crushing defeat. Uh, which was on the final day of the season, which cost them for the title. Yeah. But you know, we, we we chose that. I mean, partly because I think the experience of, of not just the fans, but just of the club, it's very easy when you writing histories to, to just focus on the successes. Well, actually, you know, the successes have meaning partly because of the failures. And so you, you want to get the tablet like of defeats and victories. And obviously, if you run a book of 10 defeats, it's an incredibly gloomy book and knows you want to read it. Yeah. But I, I think you to get the mix, to kind of get an idea of, yeah, you know, there's been a lot of ups and there's been you know, big downs on the football sides uh, as well. Um, yeah, I think that was quite important. The 1999 game, um, I, I think what, what that did was it demonstrated Liverpool's resilience, which I think as a club, as a city, as well, mm. it's something it's always shown that they bounce back from that to, to go on to win the title a couple of seasons later. Yeah. So mm. you know, that seemed an appropriate place to start. But I'm pretty sure if you went round the majority of Liverpool fans. It's not a game they'd even think about. I mean, they might not even know about it. But if you asked to list ten key games, you probably wouldn't even think of that. But I think it's, it's a good yeah. it's, a, it's a good one to have in there. And then the more obvious ones like the sixty five Cup Final or the seventy seven European Cup Final. So yeah, I think getting that mix was important. Yeah, um, uh, and yeah, you know, that, that selection came partly from my own idea mean, and then, yeah, partly from as you do with any journalist, you know a, a long form bit of work. You talk to so as many people as you can and you get as many ideas as you can.
0: Absolutely, and did, did you did you consider when you when you were when you were trying to think of, of matches that had, as you say, sort of uh, more than the obvious uh, glorious win type resonance? Did you consider maybe another uh, eighty nine match there, the 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 the, the Hillsborough semi final, or or was 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 the I don't know, were the, were the other resonances of that something that was was it basically purely a football thing that you were thinking of?
6: Well, I mean, that was one of the, the very first decisions we made. Was um, I think there's, there's two reasons why we didn't have Hillsborough as one of the matches. One is that we wanted this to be history, very much focused on, you know, speaking off the football side of things. So Hillsborough is, is clearly the, you know, the the most significant moment in the history of the club, but it isn't actually a football moment. Hmm. So we you know we didn't want to do the semi final for that reason. But also, I, I just think. Um, yeah, from a more practical point of view, the issue of Hillsborough is so huge. Um, you know, all, all the complexity, all the nuance of this, you, it would be wrong to try and compress that into one chapter. And there's already been two or three really good books on Hillsborough. Uh, Phil Scranton's in another book next year, which I'm, I'm sure, sorry, later this year, which I'm sure will be, will be absolutely brilliant and sure. taking in a lot of the, the new revelations. Now, there's no point us trying to challenge that. No. You know, if you want to read about Hillsborough, read that book. That's going to be a brilliant book. Hmm. Yeah, Our book's not about that. So um, obviously Hillsborough has dealt with and and it would be wrong to gloss over it. But equally, I think to have a chapter on Hillsborough, it would it would have unbalanced the book. It wouldn't have given it fair coverage. Sure. And also, you know, with, as the inquiry goes on, who knows what New Revelations are going to be? It's going to be in the next three or four months. So you know, we could have been left behind by that as well. So for, for, for all those reasons, we decided not to choose Hillsborough. But, but then dealing with the legacy of Hillsborough was obviously enormously important. So we considered um the, the game in eighty nine final defeat to Arsenal on the final day of the season and that actually was the, the the book so the game that we didn't put in the book the got closest to going in Because uh, obviously a uh, game of, of huge significance. Yeah. But we decided that as a way of reflecting on Hillsborough and on the, the, the legacy of Hillsborough actually a a better game. Um, was the four four goal against Everton in ninety one, David Doug last game, absolutely, his yeah. first manager.
0: Yeah.
6: And the I mean that was quite apart from anything else, an absolutely brilliant game of football, a brilliant derby. Everything a derby match should be, everything a cup tie should be. and also actually a very poignant game as you see Doug Leach standing there and you, you subsequently realise absolutely shattered, emotionally trained, unable to react to what's going on in the pitch. Yeah. And that's where you see sort of the, the knock-on human cost of it, wasn't, it it wasn't—it wasn't merely um, the people who died and, and, and their families, their immediate friends. Yeah, it yeah. was also everybody around the club. And Doug Leash I think, did an absolutely extraordinary job in those two years of going to funerals and, and um, representing the club and being incredibly uh, statesmanlike about everything. But it, it took a horrendous toll on him, and I think that game was a way of addressing that. And, and that's how we, you know, we, we look at the legacy hills. But in terms of a football size, you know, after 8-9, Local did go on during the title of the, front, the next season. Whereas after 91, yeah, you know, the, the, the trend was almost downwards. So, yeah. You, the, the, the shift in era that was sort of a definitive end of
0: that era. Absolutely. And to move it back to, to your own event last night, did, did it surprise you that it was the, the, the Forest match, the 5-0 win, which, which won the vote, the audience vote for the, the match that would be shown in full? I know we were thinking that it was almost nailed on to be Istanbul, given its significance and the the fact that it was a comparatively recent match. Were, were you surprised or, or pleasantly surprised by the, the fact that it was the Forest win that
6: was shown? Um, I, I wasn't sure, to be honest. I mean, it wasn't a huge surprise the top three were the top three. So yeah. that, that one came top and Istanbul was second. And 77, the and gladback European Cup final was third. Mm. Now, I think if I'd been voting, uh, I'd have gone for 77 because it, it's just a brilliant, brilliant game of football. Two absolutely superb drives, both playing very, very well. Um, my, my guess would be that the 3-3 is quite familiar to people. A lot of people will have that on DVD, they'll already have seen it, they'll be able to go home and watch it whenever they want to. Yeah. Whereas the 88 game is that much harder to get hold of. Yeah. And it is held up as, as you know, one of the, the great exhibitions of football. And and people probably heard a lot about it but maybe haven't been able to see the whole thing. Um, so I I would guess that's why it won. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, you could have shown as many of the the eight games I had available and that, yeah, they're all interesting games, they're all all, all great matches. So it, it wasn't a huge surprise. And I think actually I'd have been slightly disappointed if 2005 had won, purely because I kind of think most people will, will have access to that anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and w- you, you mentioned uh, 77 there yourself. If you were to pick one match from, from the Liverpool matches that, that you, you've obviously forensically analysed, if you were to pick one which kind of symbolises the club or... Do you know, in some way, is is almost representative of of the, of the club? Which one would you choose? Would it be seventy seven, or, or would it be more? The, well, the seventy
6: seven has huge resonance um, because it was the, you know, the the game that made Liverpool part of the European elite. Yeah, but I, I guess if you want, uh, you know, a game that absolutely sort of captures what Liverpool became about after Shankly, it would be the sixty five Epic Cup final when they beat Leeds two one, hmm. and that's a really strange game in that. You, you watch it with modern eyes and um, you know you, you think it's just a good game of football. At the time, it was absolutely panned. Um, and it, it's still one aspects of the time. There's not a huge number of chances, but you know it, it's a game where both teams pass the ball very well, they hold possession well, the movement's good. All the things you, you'd expect to see in a modern final, you see there. And you kind of, with the final, you sort of excuse it as like lack of goal action, that, that the occasion sort of makes up for that. Mm. And yet, you, you read the report from Dana on the on the Monday uh, after that final. And so, you know, this both the report and then an opinion column by Peter Wilson, their main columnist at the time, absolutely hammers the game. And they, they complain about what they call method football, this idea of, of holding possession, of, of being quite cautious in your approach. And, you know, he says, well, I, I've been told this, if England are going to win the World Cup next summer, they have to play this style of football. but if that's the case... I want no part of it. Yeah, it just yeah. seems, you know, what, you know, with modern eyes, that, that's just an astonishing thing to say because that is just football as it's
0: played.
6: Yeah. So I guess I mean, Liverpool and, and Leeds were clearly in the vanguard of that style of football in England, and, and Liverpool, I think, you know, over the sort of 30 years it followed. Um, you know, they they were the best at that type of of. Um, Cautious course, maybe the wrong word. but controlling football, yeah. football that doesn't take too many chances, the prioritise possession.
0: Well, look, you, you, um, you,
6: so you, I guess that's the real start of, of, of Liverpool you know, beginning to do that.
0: Sure, uh, you, you're a man yourself who's renowned for thinking about how the game is played. Anyone who's read "Inverting the Pyramid" will know that, and. I wonder what your view is on the style and structure of, of Brendan Rodgers' football team, the the current Liverpool set up. Um, what are what are your, your your sort of basic opinions on that?
6: Um, well, I think for football as a whole, it's actually quite important. Liverpool does well, um, and I don't say that of any romantic idea that you have to have a good Liverpool. I say that purely because if you if you look at the majority of the top teams in, in Europe. They, they have an incredibly rich owner and they go out and they buy the big-name players. So you look at PSG signing Zlatan and, and Cavani um, or you look at Monaco signing Talcara. I you know a lot of the time you wonder, are they being signed because of the big names or are they being signed because of the clear um, you know, idea of how they would work together, how, how, how the, those, those players would stick together in the, in the team unit? Hmm. And I, I think a lot of the time there is no idea about that. You know, the, 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 the celebrity of the player comes first. And that's antithetical to everything I think is good about football. I mean, Liverpool, okay, you know, they, they're not obviously in any, you know, in any sense they, they, they have spent money, mm. but the philosophy comes first. So they're buying players to stick that that way of playing. Um, and, and in Dortmund, I guess are the, the other team in Europe at a very high level who's doing it, maybe Napoli as well. Um, so I think it's important both teams do well, and they show that you don't need to be mega rich that you, with tactical thinking and a certain amount of money, you can bridge that gap to an extent. So, uh, I think from that point of view, it's, it's important Liverpool do well. I have to say, with, with Rodgers, when he first moved to Liverpool, it was partly thought, is this guy just a spoof or is he, you know, is he just bluffing? Yeah. And there's still a little bit of that there, but I've been more and more convinced. And I think what's really telling and what's really um, to give Liverpool fans your cause of course, optimism for the future. Is how much better players you saw him look in their second season. Mm. If you think of Jordan Henderson, the obvious one, has looked absolutely sensational this season. Uh, Joe Allen, when he's played, I think has looked a lot better than he did last season. So that suggests to me that Rogers is a coach who, um, he does improve players, he does, um, sort of, uh, condition players to play in his systems, play in his style, and it does take a little while. So the players have been brought in you know, this summer, I mean people like Asper who, who maybe haven't quite settled in as well as he would hoped. Um, maybe next season you know, they'll, they'll see that step up the level. The way and, and this team. So if that does happen, then mm-hmm. in a the very, very strong position indeed. And I still think, you know, I, I, my guess would be most Liverpool fans at the start of this season thought, yeah, if we finish top four, that's great. You know, that's, that's a realistic target. Mm. But now, given everybody else has been stuttering and like maybe Chelsea is starting to find their rhythm now and they will sort of push on but the fact that Liverpool still have all the top teams to play at home and from United who are out of the championship late anyway you know, there is just a tiny chance
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
6: and if they win those games well or even if they win you know, two or three of those games and, and draw the others they've got a fantastic chance of, of just making it or at least being, being in the fight with three or four games to go which Given
0: the financial results, yeah, it will be an astonishing achievement. Sure, absolutely. I mean, yeah, um, I've followed uh, on Twitter your with with uh, Roy Amusement as, as a guy who's suffered uh, with his own team. Uh, your your uh, your tweets on Sunderland on a regular basis. How are you feeling now about life under Gus Poyet? Um, um, did you did you were you one of those who felt that it, it, it was basically time for the Canio to go when he did go, or what was your take on it? Yeah, I mean, you know, <coughs> Sorry,
6: excuse me. The, the whole Ducagno thing, um, I felt very uncomfortable about everything to do with that. Hmm. Uh, you know, Sunderland is, is a, is a left wing town. It's, it's a town with a, a very proud position of tolerance. Um, and, you know, Ducagno's, if if the fascist beliefs he's said to hold uh, are true, if, if it is the case he holds those, those beliefs, then that makes him antithetical to everything town has stood for historically. Everything yeah, I believe politically and, and you know, historically, what, what the city has believed politically, mm. and that that makes me uncomfortable. Um, but at the same time, I'm not convinced totally that that is what he believes. And I, I felt that you see it a lot in journalism where sort of low hanging fruit that he grabs at, it's easy to flag somebody off. He's kind of is supposedly declared himself a fascist. You know, that that unnerves me a bit. I, I think he should have been given the chance and, and some of the club is at fault for not giving him this chance mm. to actually explain what he does believe. And I'm completely prepared to believe and I I just don't know this. I'd like to be informed. I'd like to be educated about this. You've know, a term fascist in to, to English years, to British ears, you know, there's there's no good side of that. That's just a, an out that bad. But perhaps if you grew up in in the poor suburb of Rome, you have a different idea of what that means. It just means sort of strong government and um, you know uh, prioritising discipline and, and you know okay uh, enhancing the strength of the military that kind of thing, mm. which isn't what I go for. But equally, I don't find it morally repugnant. Um, so I, I wish he'd been given more chance to actually explain what that term means in his his eye in his eyes, what he actually believes. But I mean. By the end, that was irrelevant anyway. That you know, the, the season had started so badly, fallen out with everybody so badly, that you know, it, it's taken some sort of, two or three months of play to put that right, or to start putting that right. And do
0: you feel he is uh, doing that 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 job? Don't... Yeah,
6: I mean, yeah, there's the, a the clear, a clear shift in how someone played that the performance better now. Uh, and then you yeah, know, they only lost one of the last nine games, in all competitions. Hmm. There, there's still pretty major flaws in that score, and I think. Uh, the the revamp of the squad happened too quickly i think that, that caused instability which you know exacerbated the problems that the Canyon was causing anyway um but they they have played a lot better in the last two or three months they they had a tendency to shoot themselves in the foot. you know they have uh well, i think it's five red cards and six red goals so far this season uh they've had a, a, a really annoying tendency me to play abysmally badly for 20 or 30 minutes spells. So the first 20 minutes against Cardiff were absolutely awful, and we're lucky only to do one 0 down. Um, the game at home against Villa, the last half hour, absolutely dreadful, chasing the game. Hmm. And then game, the games away at Villa, away at West Ham, uh, home to Norwich, they sort of had the better of those games, but they couldn't quite get the goal. And so they were three draws. It could have been, you know, in another world, it could have been three wins, and those extra points would suddenly be bring well mid-table were safe. So I, I think what, what they have done is they put themselves in a position where there's a chance of survival, but you do worry whether you know, they are starting so far behind they won't be able to sustain this. But, I mean, the big positive is they've still got to play a whole card of West Ham, West Brom, and Crystal Palace at hmm. So you, you think they're five games they, they could win all of those. I think this wants to come to the final day, which again, you again, hope to win. The failure to pick up you know, 14 points in those six games and then get another five six points away from home, that probably will be enough. So there's a chance there now, but I'm, I'm not confident.
0: So finally then, to, be, to to kind of sum it up, do you think that you have, uh, with Sunderland, a better chance of staying up than Liverpool do, of getting top four? Or how would you equate those two?
6: No, I think Liverpool's chance of getting top four is, is stronger than Sunderland's staying up. Right. But Sunderland's got have a bigger chance of staying up than Liverpool do in the title.
0: Well, look, we 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 will wish you the very best of luck and the best of luck with anatomy of Liverpool. And thank you very much, Jonathan, for taking the call today. Cheers,
6: that's no problem at no, Thank
0: you. Thanks. Slight pause, and let's move on to our preview of uh, Liverpool Aston Villa, which oh, is Saturday's evening match. What oh, was that? Slight pause. Oh, is that? Slight pause. <laughs> Jennifer, legs. is this? Is this like when you read a play was, and it says pause a, and then you I, read? I, I said slight pause, and then there was a slight pause, so you can edit it, you fucker. I gave, I'm giving it to you. It was a pause. I'm trying to work, I'm trying to work with you, Trevor.
4: Rock him it. slight pause anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, do another slow pass but nobody said I was going to make it easy for you
0: edit that <laughs> and I'm sorry but that was exactly what was in me uh, wait. okay okay <laughs> shut the fuck up for a
2: second slide up okay <laughs> Casey shut the fuck up just <laughs> get out of here, video
0: so we move on to our preview of Liverpool versus Aston Villa, which is next Saturday's evening match. Uh, this is the Redman's chance to right the wrongs of last season, uh, the reversal, which was uh, one of the worst performances that we all saw. Uh, no margin for error. so what changes do we envisage in the lineup? Uh Damien Floyd, can I come to you first on that?
1: Um, <clears throat> I, I can see a couple of changes this week. Uh, most times when we've won a game, you kind of say... Let's go, same again and again, lads, maybe one or two changes. I can see three or four happening this week, let's be honest with you. And would Joe Allen be one of those? Joe Allen definitely be one of those. Um, I, I'd start, I think Johnson will be dropped this week. I think Kelly will come in at right back. I do. <laughs> yeah, definitely do. <laughs> I
3: think we've dropped
1: Johnson for every week <laughs> since, since, since the three games have been going No, I do, I think this week yeah, that'll
0: happen. Yeah, it was off the scale, oh, it was, it was off I, the scale.
1: I think Allen will come in with Lucas. Um, Stuart will come in with Coutinho. Mm. Um, that's exciting right there isn't oh, it? Yeah that's and a, a, I, I, I think uh, Sacco coming in for Torrey Okay yeah. So you could we looking at there, four, there be changes. Four, could be four changes? four changes I'd say we'd at least get three But four changes that will yeah. strengthen the team as well I think so that's yeah, good yeah I think so looking at what, what happened yesterday um, we, we've just spoke about Alan and what Lucas didn't give us there mm. um, Alan coming in will give us that kind of front foot approach that we had of sports um, and, and the other games that him and Henderson played uh, Sacco with Santa Half is is what he is. Like he's, he's a dominant force um, that can cope with Benteke. Like last year when we played him at Anfield, Agger and Skerritt were bully with Benteke. This is no. He's not going to bully Sackall like that. Mm. Um, so I, I can see a
0: couple of changes this week So you would see that strengthen the spine very much You have Sacco coming in And then ahead of him you have uh, Stephen Gerrard Who's going to be playing in this Holding midfield role that Brendan's uh, designed for him And then ahead of him again you're going to have Joe Allen um, And that's, it, it, that seems stronger Can
3: I just point out on this holding midfield role That, that, that Brendan's <laughs> That's made. a third centre-back It, it, it looks I
4: mean. like you're going to point it out what it I'm was going to point take. it out, right?
3: Yeah. Whether you like it or not Yeah <laughs> But in fairness to Rodgers, he said in his interview that he's look at if he could strengthen the squad in one place, that's where he'd strengthen. And that because of what what he has at the moment, he thinks that Gerrard can fulfil the role. So I wouldn't be saying that he's designed it. I think he's using Gerrard the position that he feels he needs. He, he he can deliver on, and he's the best player to deliver he in. He
0: thinks it. he's the best player to deliver on.
4: It. Whether we agree or not is a different story. But well, we saying,
0: yeah.
3: at least at, at least he's saying he wants to strengthen that position. At least he can see it now.
4: I I, I didn't see... I, I didn't think, actually, Jared was that bad there yesterday. I know... Probably second half, actually more so than first half. He, he, he waned off a bit. I don't know whether it was down to w- becoming We're tired. This. Yes, this. A, but a, this. tell us. About maybe a, maybe I should have <laughs> showed up maybe yeah, forty minutes earlier. I'm just throwing that out there. Next time uh, I'll be on time. Anyway, signing off. Thanks very much.
0: <laughs> Everything went. Well, let's get you on a different yeah. topic. Yeah. Um, would you? We've 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 kind of mentioned this in in detail. Let's look a little bit more at. Um, not Johnson here but Kelly if you're going to bring back in Kelly given that Johnson has been pretty rancid in terms of form uh, what what does he bring or how does he improve us
4: Uh, a level of of Composure at the back. You know what I mean? I, don't, I was going to say, I don't think you're going to get the rampaging forward runs that you get from Glenn Johnson, but no. we haven't had them recently either. No, no you know rampaging. I, mean? so, no rampaging. So I think what you'll get is you'll get a solid 7 out of 10 performance from Kelly, which will be enough uh, against Villa. Mark, you've been looking at what we need for
0: Champions League, um, achieving what we would have seen as uh, the season's goal back in August. How far down the road are we along that process?
2: Yes, I've been looking at it. We've got 17 games left and uh, i've been i mean sort of trying to sort of work out where we need to be at and you get anywhere near 70 points 70 points north of that and and you you are putting yourself into a really good spot and this year it is going to pretty much come down to to the wire i think you've got to look at what what other advantages do do Liverpool have over the uh, competition that we've got that spot? And, and the first one is is that with no European football where United and Spurs do, we're only ever going to be playing uh, two like th- three games a week uh, once, uh, and 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 that's the Everton game that's coming up there very soon. So barring mm. any FA Cup replays or, or anything like that, we're we're going to be very fresh. So it, I know we, we haven't got the biggest of squads, but you know. We haven't got many games compared to, say, Spurs. We're going to have to start doing that Thursday-Sunday uh, sort of routine very soon. And United are going to obviously have the Champions League. I know Everton are in the same boat as us, but I think, to, to be honest, Everton are going to like sort of flip away very quickly. I think it's going to come down to between uh, Liverpool, Man uh, United and Spurs for that final fourth-place spot. Really?
0: You see, you see Everton falling away, Mark?
2: Yeah, I do. I, I just think that... Their squad is, is is a lot more lighter than us, and, and injuries will, will will start to happen. And I can just see, I can just see them they, they, them falling away, um, and, and it'll just sort of uh, have Liverpool, United, and Spurs. And that said,
0: do you think that our our uh, potential top four chances are contingent upon strengthening?
2: Well, don't get me wrong. If we can strengthen, if we can bring in this midfielder, uh, if if we can bring in um, an, an attacking midfielder who can score goals and. Ideally, a fullback, then absolutely. I'd say that if if we can bring in those spaces, you can more or less guarantee our fourth spot. Mm. But I think even if we don't, I mean, you look at the midfield Gerard, Allen, Henderson, Lucas. Uh, that's that's a strong group of four, and then you've got squad players like your Albertos. I mean, Sterling was a squad player up until a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah,
2: um, you've got Flanagan. Don't forget Flanagan's to come back for the weekend, so he can slot in at left back and uh, yeah. and, and and get and gets his on the bench. Yeah, um, you know if we do strengthen, if, and if we strengthen well, then obviously you know our chances are great. But you know, there's just 17 games left. We're currently on 42 points. Mm. Right, if we can get nine wins, nine wins. That's that's 69 points and that's and that's and that, and you've got to bear in mind as well that we've only got out of the top 10 teams at the moment Southampton and Man United to go to away everybody else has got to come to us yeah um but
0: is is when when we start seeing these little goals like um nine wins or whatever it is isn't this one that starts to get a little bit <laughs> nerve-wracking because you you start to get nervous about missing out on things and it is so tight
2: it is tight, but I think the, the, the one advantage that we've got that we've never had before is that we've got this Dr. Peters. And I think the, the, this guy, who's obviously um, trained with a lot of sports stars and got him in the winning mentality. And, you know, it, 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 Henderson's come out recently. Sturridge has come out recently. And he said, you know, this guy has is, is really helped me bring on my game. And I think push comes to shove. It's coming it's to the business end of the season now, you know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's coming to that business end of the season and I think if you've got that winning mentality if, if you've got your head right I think it's, it's more than that than anything I mean yesterday was a prime example play poor but get the result and if we can keep that up like I say we've got Villa, we've got West Brom we've got Fulham, we've got Swansea you get your wins there you know, and then you've got your likes of Tottenham, Cities, Chelsea. They've all got to come to us. Arsenal. We don't have to go anywhere. You know, we don't. We don't have to go any major. You know, we, yeah. we have to go to Cardiff and we have to go to places like West Ham and Norwich. But you know, what I mean, it's it's a it's a big possibility that, that you're sat there on the 11th of May. Liverpool are playing Newcastle at home, and and that's going to be my day trip. That's going to be my trip to Anfield of the season. Right. And I'm going to be sat there, and you know fourth place could, could be already be in the bag
0: yeah. you're going to be sitting there touching wood is what you're telling us Mark so, you're be sitting there watching the toilet
5: I'll
2: be touching everybody's wood yeah. <laughs> <Right>. we
5: <We're laughs> definitely get one of those wins on Saturday we're, we're,
0: we're going to start with you Mark then we'll start bringing things a little bit closer at home and get focused back on the Villa game we've already talked about this strengths and weaknesses <laughs> and so on so where, how do you see this game ending for us
2: I oh, I I can see a win. I mean yeah. we're, 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 if, if we do win this game that's nine wins on the bounce at home at Anfield which is which is massive. Everyone says about Man City how good they are at home but you know nine wins on the bounce at Anfield would mm-hmm. be a, a massive statement to put out there. And you reckon, um, you reckon that's um, coming Yeah, I think a, a win and um yeah, uh, I can just see Suarez getting at least two goals. Yeah, I, I
0: can see some sky pointing from uh, from Daniel Sturridge hopefully. <laughs> uh Damian Flood how do you see it ending?
1: <clears throat> um, kind of... I'm a bit of a peasant but Phil's pointing to the sky over here and says something's going to happen. Something's going to happen on a Saturday. Uh, <laughs> the, the
3: roof's going to fall in front of us. <laughs> I'm looking at a I, I think, I think firing
1: a catastrophe will we won't win this game. You know, like, we have to win. I'm buying that. to We won't win Again. the game. <laughs> yeah, you're confusing me that way. <laughs> we'll, we'll, that's your point to the fucking Stop score. pointing, Feb. Stop pointing. Touching me beard and pointing to the score. Touching his beard. <laughs> push me yeah. beard and pointing to the <laughs> okay, okay. so yeah. we, we should be winning this yeah. game. Okay. Um, and, uh, two to three. No problem with all that. Okay, uh, Stephen Brown? We can go out
5: and smash Villa whatever score we fucking well want because Villa are terrible oh Steve they are terrible really? Villa are absolutely horrendous oh no they didn't. <laughs> oh, no, 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 didn't Villa are on such a slide <laughs>
4: Dear oh, friend. yeah but it would be
5: just our luck that they'll arrest that slide against again <sighs> so you see a big win Steve? I did yeah, I Four, five, uh, six. Good God. Uh, Whatever many st- want.
4: Jesus. Steve Daly. Uh, I'm I'm thinking 3 1. I said 3 1 last week uh, for the Stoke game. Okay. And got that tits up. So I'm going to have another bash of <laughs> that. just going to keep rolling out that score <laughs> <door laughs> And sure. Sure. It's it's gonna then and I'm going to say, I told you so. It's a fucking good policy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking good policy. <laughs> 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 lads, do you remember last week I said 3 1? Yeah, it was I 3 1. I told, <laughs> <you laughs> told, yeah. told, yeah. well, told you told you so. Well,
0: I'm actually going to get right behind that as well because I've got no original thoughts of my own. Right. Uh, so, on to our listeners' questions. And we start with one from Mark, and he asks, if you were to allow one current LFC player to go off with your missus... Now, when he says go off with your missus, I presume he means in some sort of romantic... For the way. ride. Wait. <laughs> 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 Thank you, If you, you were, for, it. If it were
4: the out for the night for the ride, who
0: would it be? Uh, who would it be? Uh, and why uh, <laughs> the, mo- the most the most vocal man here has been Stephen Daly so I'm going to bring him straight back in here Steve uh, uh, who would you trust with your missus Louis Suarez
4: <laughs> we're back he, to trusting he, again he'd, he'd have her done in two minutes the job done that's Louis Suarez Louis Suarez job done <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a t-shirt right there. Next one is uh, from DJG. Um, he's at DJG0407 on Twitter. And he says, who was the worst Spice Boy of the 90s? I'm sure we all have opinions on this. Uh, uh, as someone who was uh, probably back in his 30s then, uh, Phil, what would you think? Who was the Spice Boy of the 90s that you hated the Jerry most? <laughs> <laughs> she
3: was a dude, wasn't she? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Phil, worst spice boy ever. There was none. I loved about. Um, I'll
3: you? go with. John Scales.
0: Yeah, John Scales. He, 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 he wasn't really a spice he boy, was, was wasn't in the really? he? I was inspired by a, a picture that was doing the rounds on Twitter yesterday, which showed uh, Sturridge and Suarez from uh, the back view. <laughs> and uh, Fiona, who's at Annabelle Lee on Twitter, says, Who's got the better bum, Sturridge or Suarez? That's a nice and interesting question. So again, I think really Phil, this should be down to you. I, I, I
3: th- from the picture that she said on storage, definitely had the better bowman that one. Yeah, right? storage does. Because no, no, no. I, I, I think Suarez has a better yeah. arse himself. Well, speak no. to me about aesthetics. Uh, this, I, uh, because d- d- he has his 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 arse is so powerful. Like he's yeah. able to roll players, but you can't see power. Sturridge, I can't see it. You can see in his tie. Toy- Yes, speak it's, speak it's it.
4: definitely, it's definitely Suarez. Storage has an arse on him like red rum, let's be honest, you know what I mean? And, he, and it's yeah. just that simple. He's got a better arse. <laughs> <laughs> Enough.
0: I was also asked to ask who's got the best one in the room here but we're going to move through that I think quite quickly because I'm worried about it next one is
5: I
4: was (laughs) on (laughs) board.
0: next one's (laughs) Jesus he's got his trousers halfway down around his leg Uh, yeah okay moving on tremendous Barry Carr wants to know which is worse I like this one A player entering the ground Wearing one of those Ridiculous Beats headphones Saying nothing about A lad close to me here Or <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, A Ponce Chanel bag As he calls it Which is the worst One of those uh, Ostentatious big pairs Of headphones Or The little kind of Delicate underarm bag Yeah Floody any, any opinions on this?
1: They're both as bad as do, really. do yeah. um, they, they really are But like, the, the worst thing You ever see Entering the ground Was Stuart Downing <laughs> <laughs> That beats Ali Set of headphones or ponzi bags. What is Stuart Downing but I tell you I gotta say The best one Carrying that in Is Suarez Big mug of coke Or whatever it is He comes in with <laughs> Mate that's, that's, Mate, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate yeah. And some of that Tomorrow <laughs>
3: Stuart <laughs> sure, Dillard
0: the worst thing to win. <laughs> uh, right. oh, yeah. uh, uh, Gray uh, asks, which song has the best guitar solo in it? Now, I, I hope to Christ people have done a little bit of homework. i got this. a list. Okay, well, uh, give us your top one, and we'll get one from everyone on this. <sighs> well, everyone who has one. Give, give, us your, give us your best one. You can come back in then.
5: Uh, Sympathy for the Devil by the Ronald Stones. Sympathy
0: for the Devil. Uh, Phil, did you have one? Yes, no. Gary Moores, i still got the blues for you okay uh, Steve Daly
4: Freebird by Leonard Skinner Freebird <laughs> same for himself
1: up. yeah music porn you, yeah. go, you go for Freebird yeah, yeah, stick, yeah, stick, yeah, stick on to go, the, stick
4: on the live version on your car and you can get anywhere in 14 minutes it. <laughs> anywhere doesn't fucking matter Wex, I, go, I got from Wexford to Dublin in 14 so minutes so
0: it's got some sort of time bending it does yeah ridden,
4: like it's it's like like in because there was that traffic accident remember that no I got stuck what happened was the, the CD started skipping so I had to stop
0: Freebird wasn't working Mark Simpson your shout for best solo
2: I'd like to go sweet child of mine yeah, yeah nice one Mark that's,
0: that's, <laughs> mine's Cortez The Killer by Neil Young it's the guitar intro I think that's just amazing uh, 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 slight pause uh, a slight pause. next one's from Mark Healy, uh, who asks oh, this is good what is the best day trip that you've ever been on uh, either LFC or non-LFC best day trip you've ever been on now I'm sure we've got some horror stories
1: here but just <laughs> let's keep it uh, relatively short and relatively sane so uh, Floody I've um, been on a few beanos in my time, but the, the one two years ago with the boys, uh, over for a stoke game, miserable nid all draw, it was actually funny. We we'd all been talking for a good while about going to games and we met outside what's the name of that builder? Free Coming Hills. From, outside of Free Hills and we're all like mice, wouldn't open our mouth to each other a whole lot of us. It was like a big dog concession outside or so like, they were just standing there looking at each, <laughs> each other, nobody knew what the fuck do. <laughs>
4: How do, how do we do
1: this? <laughs> so, so we get on the board, so uncomfortable as fuck. And then we pick Phil up, and then we all start gargling at seven o'clock in the morning. I don't remember much after that. It, was, it, was, it, was it, it just got real messy. Never got ejected from Anfield. Like, you know, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Uh, next question up is
0: from Noel Tracy, who wants to know what's the biggest spoof that you've ever told the missus or the kids to go to a game or to go and see a game in the pub? Now, we've we got a lot of spoof <laughs> matches right here? Uh, Stephen Brown, no are you, are you prepared no, to incriminate yourself. <positions>? (laughs) Is anyone prepared to incriminate themselves? Mark. Not a chance. (laughs) (laughs) I can
4: can tell you one about my (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: ex-missus. Note,
0: ex. I can't actually believe how many people are bottling it here. This is unbelievable. (laughs) On that note, let's move on to the next one from Sean J. Pugh, who says, what's the lad's favourite reading material on the jacks? Now, Stephen Brown, you, you bottled the last one. Come in to me on this one, help, help me out here.
5: Um, it depends on what day of the week it is.
0: Uh, you, you're right, you've got preferences
5: for days of the week. But if it's the Sunday, it's the Sunday times.
0: Oh, right, yeah, get you. And? Yeah, um, is that a bit awkward on the pot, no? And uh, you fold it up. Okay, right, nice. It's just the tabloid version. Yeah? <laughs> no, 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 I'm on my iPad.
5: And? And, and, um, and then most of the rest of the week it's Twitter
0: okay perfect perfect. anyone else got any shots? so when you were tweeting the next time <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a picture and I'll show
4: you I'll you a picture
0: alright now the one that's going to finish us off I like this one this is from CAF who's a regular contributor in fairness to the kid he sent one in uh, and we'd had it already and then he sent in this replacement which is quality in a zombie apocalypse which member of the LFC squad or the trippers group would be the first to die and which one would last the longest? Now, I want you to think about both of these. i got this. Okay, so for Liverpool and the Liverpool squad, who's, who, who who carks it first?
4: Are you not coming with the trippers as well? No, we are, yeah, oh, but let's okay. do Oh, we're going Liverpool. Let's do um, Liverpool first. Ken Johnson, without question.
0: Is that because he... The fucker
4: can't defend corners, never mind himself. <laughs> never mind himself. Okay, very good.
0: And uh, who lasts the longest? Of the Sarko. Liverpool squad. Sacco. Sacco. <laughs> <Sarko. laughs> Everyone's going to say. I think Sterling, does. he's going to run everyone Suarez, Suarez. He's, <laughs> he's doing the Biting. He's doing
4: the biting. He is the zombie apocalypse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, of the gang of us here and on the phone. Who's dead first? Phil.
1: Phil's all fucking
0: killed.
4: i <laughs> take me chances with Phil just <laughs> keep arguing because i, said, I said you. You said me. Why's that, because mate? Because you're the unluckiest bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that, do
0: you know what? That's a fucking good shout. Yeah, that's a good shout. And who's going to last the longest? Andy. Andy? He'll avoid him into the hammer room. <laughs> that's actually, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right, let's wrap it up then. <clears throat> Uh, we want to give a shout out to Astro Park who are our hosts here uh, they're running leagues here all the time and you can find out all about those on www.astropark.ie um, we also need to give a shout out to our partners in Crime Liverpool Ways a tremendous Twitter account, you keep an eye on it daily for excellent news links features, content like that match reports and us pushing our own trippery goodness in the way of info and competitions
3: just one thing that we didn't put down in the admin the HJC Cup Ireland <coughs> is going to be played on March the 22nd um, we'll tweet out a link at the end of this um, and anyone who wants to get involved hit the link and they can register teams etc to, to get involved it's going to be a good day because the, there's events that are planned for after the actual thing as well
0: Right, so just to clarify we're going to be tweeting about that tonight from the Trippers account We
3: will,
0: yeah OK, perfect So your Day Trippers tonight were Phil Casey, Stevens Brown and Daly Damo Flood, Mark Simpson, Jonathan Wilson and myself, Trev Denny. It's been emotional